In this week's episode of Studenter, we'll be reviewing the match against Getafe. We'll be previewing the match against Bayer Leverkusen. We have a big interview with Mr. Gab Marcotti, this week's Moji, Frog and Moratti, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on Sapriinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I believe this is the second, the third one in seven days, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, well, there's a, we're, we're, we're going to keep these going uh, until Inter are knocked out of the Europa League. And given that uh, some of us, myself included, think that Inter are going to go pretty far in this uh, in this uh, in this tournament. Um, We're, we'll be doing this for a little bit while, for a while, for a while, for just a while yet. Um, but before we get into all of that, let me introduce our panelists. Uh, the Semprinter preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar, all the way from Egypt. How are you doing, Mo? I am uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Really glad to be here. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a pretty intense week, uh, <laughs> to put it that way. Um, and uh, last time, if, if last time we recorded this Sunday was all doom and gloom, I think it's a little bit better now. Things have calmed down. Um, we're also joined by our good friend who is a host of the Inter Miami CF uh, over their pre-shows and or just generally their their channel, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Alex Dono. I'm so happy to be back and I'm so sorry that I missed the last episode because <laughs> that chaos must, you know, I thrive on chaos, Nima. That must have been a whole lot of fun. I'm happy to be around today, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm good to, good to have you back. And we're also joined by our very good friend, former London media personality, Mr. Will Beckman. Hello, it's our second episode of the week. I'm a bit tired. I blame Belega. Our calendar is ridiculous, etc. and so on. I have no time to recover. Well, um, we're we're going to get into all of that because uh, this is. I'm I'm really happy to have a good friend on the a good friend of the show on. When the people in ancient Greece, when needed to, in times of trouble, needed to find some uh, sense and prediction of what's going to happen, they turned to the Oracle of Delphi. We turned to Gab Marcotti. Welcome, Gab. Uh, great to be with you. I, I don't know if I can quite live up to that because this is still Inter we're talking about here, but uh, I'll do my best. Well, I mean, it's about yeah, exactly it is Inter we're talking about here, and just the this. I mean, you know, the past week alone is happy. Hap, there's there's more insane crap happened at Inter just in the past four days than happens at most clubs for ten years. Um, I've been trying to get you on for quite some time to hear your thoughts about uh, what you know where you st where you stand on all this. And let's start with Mr. Conte himself. Um, what do you make of this outburst he did uh, after the Atalanta game? Um, like, do you, do you think there's substance to what he says, or do you think like what's your take on that? Do you think he's going he's already got an offer and and of another job, and this was his way of kind of you know ripping every burning the house down, or do you like what do you stand on all this? Okay, so first of all, that theory that he already has an offer from another job and, and whatnot, um, I think it's the opposite. I, I think employers look at this and they say, <laughs> you know what, I, I, I'd rather have a skin rash than, than, than have this guy here. Uh, it is just because, you know, it's not a one-off, right? It's happened time and time again. It, it, it happened at Juventus, it happened at Chelsea. It happened with the with the Italian national team. 
nobody likes to be thrown under the bus in, in, in public. Nobody does. And, you know, they look at it and they say, yeah, tremendous manager. But, you know, is it worth it? And, um, and I think this is one situation where Conte tried to play the old game about going in public and blaming the club or the lack of ambition, hoping that the fans would be like, yeah, look, Conte's right. Let's go and spend money. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's, let's, let's throw Ozilio off the top of the Duomo. But you know <laughs> what? Um, I think people see through this. I think, you know, even the reaction from fans and media, I've, have, I've seen very little support for Conte. And evidence of that is the way he he walked it back so quickly the following day and was like, oh, no, no, I'll stay here. We're just having a talk, you know, free and frank exchange of information and <laughs> and, and views. And, and that's all it is. I'm like, OK, sure. You know, pay no attention to to the crazy man with the fake hair. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? No, what are you going to do? I mean, as you said, it's not the first time. But every time he done this, it, there was a point behind it. I mean, Juventus. He's been there three years, and he didn't get Juan Turbe, so he threw a hissy fit and spoke about 100-euro restaurants and having 10 euros in his pocket. Um, at Chelsea, same thing there. That started like that summer when he decided to to, to declare to text message Diego Costa that he's no longer welcome. Um, and and then at the Itali- in the Italian national team as well. I mean, I I always think I don't think he's I know that he's emotionally unstable. I, I get that, and but but I don't see. I, I do think that there is more to this because I think Will said something really brilliantly last uh, just a couple of days when we recorded is that this was premeditated. He had something he wanted to say. There was a point to all of this. Um, and, and what that is, I think, remains to be seen. Um, but I don't know. I, I think there's more to this than that. What do you think? You just think it's ranting and raving? You know, I, I used to wonder this stuff about about Mourinho, right? About like how much of this is premeditated. Um, how much of this is him letting loose? I, I think, I think he, I think the difference is, I think Conte fools himself into, into thinking some, some of these things are real. Like, like I don't think Conte believes financial fair play is a thing. I think he thinks that it's just something that, you know, evil, stingy owners who need to spend more money, um, you know, made up to go and, <laughs> and deny him funds. Um, I, 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 I just think there's an amount of, of self-interest there in, in what he does. And I think, and I think he plays a character, right? Um, when, when he goes out and acts that way and talks about the intensity, look, I fundamentally don't care. You know, Inter made a decision when they, when they hired him um, that you have to put up the good, put up you know, with the good, the bad. And, and I think for me, this is a time to actually, I say, and I've been so critical of a lot of these guys, but but praise Inter as a club because you know they treated Conte the way you would treat a child when 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 they tantrum and and, and throw their plate on the ground. You know they said nothing. They didn't go out and you know publicly say you know uh, wind your neck back in and then or, or whatever. They just kind of they all they all, they all went quiet. Um, I'm sure that they spoke and they told him, hey, you might want to you might want to dial it back. He <laughs> did when he noticed that nobody was saying, yeah, look, Antonio's right. Um, and and they kind of let it fizzle out on their own. Now, at the end of the season, they'll talk and they'll they'll evaluate what they need to evaluate. They got Alexis Sanchez done, which was apparently somebody Conte wanted. 
and that's that. You know, I, I, I think this is actually weirdly, this is one situation where where the club handled handled his his, his rant in the right way. I'm going to hand you over to Will. Did you have a question for Gab, Will? Yeah, I did. Thanks for joining us, Gab. Um, I mean, I suppose I might ask, I don't, I don't know if you saw, um, I'm assuming you saw what Marato said in the, the pregame yesterday, which I thought was very kind of cold and uh, and official. He called him Conte throughout, as opposed to Antonio, I think, if I remember correctly, and um, sort of uh, hid behind what he said to, to that um, newswire agency and sort of, sort of suggested to me that this is going to be a very interesting um, conversation that's had at the end of the season, that his his future is not is not guaranteed by any means. But um, beyond that, so to move it on a little bit, I wanted to um, ask you about uh, the goal scorer of the second goal last night, Ericsson, um, because you know he came on and scored, but he came on in the 81st minute. He's barely started for what a few weeks now. Conte was talking yesterday as if it's you know January still, saying he needs to settle in, he needs things to go his way, etc. And so on. So uh, just you know, as a, as an in supporter, are you worried? Should should we be worried that this is looking pretty bleak now for Ericsson? Do you think he's given up, or do you think he's waiting for, until next season to settle him? Because it looks as if certainly for this Europa League, he's he's cast him to one side as far as the starting eleven is concerned, which is very strange. And I would maybe some of us wouldn't have expected that when he came in. Well, I mean, I think to some degree, as far as Europa League is concerned, it it is horses for courses, right? So, um, I, they're playing Hitafe. Hitafe Conte himself said, you know, it was a dirty game and, and, and you know, we, we got to get our hands dirty. So in a game like that, he's like, well, I mean, I think Conte is one of those guys who judges footballers on appearance. So because Ericsson looks like an absolute wuss out there, he probably <laughs> is like, oh, look, it's going to be a battle. You know, you know, give me three Gagliardinis, you know. Um, so I think that was the thinking there. I'll be interested to see what he does against uh, Peter Boss and, uh, and 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 Bayer Leverkusen because obviously that is a completely different. I mean, they're like the polar opposites to uh, to the way Hitafe play, um, and I think that would be a game where I think Eriksson can make more of a difference from the start if Conte wants it. More broadly, what bugs me about Eriksson is, and like this is maybe inevitable to some degree, but. The, the few Conte supporters in, in the media and among the, the you know punditry saying, oh, well, did Conte really want Ericsson? And, you know, is he right? And look, is he strong enough? I mean, I get this. Like, people ask me, like, oh, is he strong enough physically to play in Serie A? The guy played in the Premier League for what, like, like, like six years? I mean, yeah, I'd say so. He's an unusual guy. Um, he's got an unusual skill set. He played for Pochettino, who played, you know, a lot of high energy, high pressing, high intensity um, type football. Um, so the answer is yes, he obviously can do it if he's used the right, di- if he's used in the right way. I don't blame Conte necessarily for not having found the right way thus far. Um, you know, I don't know about Ericsson playing behind uh, a, a front two, the way he has to do it at Inter, that might take more time. So maybe it does take more time, but about the Europa League, I mean, I think an intelligent manager, and I do think Conte is an intelligent manager, um, he's going to look at it, and I think he's going to make a decision on on Ericsson, you know, based on the opponent. I, I would not be surprised if he starts against uh, against Bayer Leverkusen. Agreed. Um, Alex, you got a question for Gap? Uh, on Latar Martinez, you know, for several months there's been a ton of speculation about Barcelona if they're going to buy him. Lots of reports on that. 
How do you see that saga ending? Could you see him leaving this summer? And I guess part two of this question would be, with all uh, of the speculation and reports, do you think that the Lotaro saga might even be part of what Conte is referring to when he talks about his players not being protected by the club? I I hate that notion, by the way. And I can say this. It's one of the very stupid things. Every country has a stupid, they're, they're stupid footballing obsessions, right? I live in England. I'm very happy to point out billions over here. But we certainly have our ones in Italy. And, and one of those is the idea is this idea of 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 protection this idea of, <laughs> of communication and the media i mean i find football so polarized like football in a lot of countries that there's no protection to be done there's no protection of, of lautaro the guy wanted to move to barcelona i think it's pretty obvious because there was the opportunity because barcelona for now anyway is a bigger club uh than inter and he was going to make more money and he was going to play with Lionel messi Problem is, Barcelona is horrendously run. They didn't have the money to meet Inter's demands. To his credit, Lautaro didn't go and throw a strop and, and, and sort of threaten to go on strike. So I think he's going to end up where he is. For a while, it looked like he was going to get a new deal. Um, now, I think if you're Inter, you don't have the urgency necessarily to give him a new deal, or certainly not you know, a new deal as big as the one that was suggested. I think he might still get you know the uh he might still get a wage bump but i don't think it's going to be enormous unless he's you know phenomenal and scores 10 goals in the europa league or something so i think this turned out pretty well for inter and, and i'll tell you what i think it turned out pretty well for lautaro as well because he's in he's, he's in a good spot you know he's got a manager who really rates him i think he links up very well with uh with, with lukaku i think he's learning i think he's growing and you know if he wants to go to barcelona there'll be There'll be plenty of time uh, to, to, to go and do that. Uh, Mo, did you have a question for Gab? Yeah, hi, Gab. Um, so listen, we've, uh, we've spoken about Ericsson, and uh, we've spoken about Ericsson now, and we've spoken about Ericsson extensively on this podcast, to the point where we thought, uh, do we need Brozovic on the side uh, with Gagliardini playing, if we're going to play with uh, Barella, Ericsson, and Gagliardini? So uh, my question is, looking at the transfer window, um, we all, I mean, every, I, I think everyone and their mother uh, who follows the Serie A uh, is drooling over Tonali. Is he the right fit? If we, if we believe that Ericsson is the crown jewel in Inter's uh, near-term, mi- medium-term future, if, uh, if, the, if Conte is really going to be able to mold the midfield around Ericsson and make sure, make sure that this absolutely world-class player uh, is able to give his best for the club. Is Tonali the right guy that we that will fit in that module, or is a more physical midfielder a better fit, in your opinion? That's a really good question, and I think you know we we often we often typecast uh, you know teams. We we see how what what they looked like in the past, and we kind of project into the future, and we look for players who you know are like for like and. And then can work in that system. And I suspect, correct me if I'm wrong, where you're going with it is that well, if I'm playing, you know, um, if, if if I'm playing three five two and I have Tonali, Ericsson, and you know a, a third midfielder, whether it's Barella or whatever, then yeah, am I too lightweight, right? I mean that that is a yeah, natural exactly that's the that's the natural reaction that you're going to get to. I there are ways around it. 
right? There are managers who can do it and, you know, who I think can, um, can get around, can, can, can get away with it and can make it work if you set up in the right way. Because remember, you're playing three at the back, so, you know, you're going to have more size and physicality back there. Um, I, what I would question is, do, you know, given that Inter still will have a limited budget, um, is Tonali where you want to spend your money? Um, you know, yes. I, 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 yes. I love the Hakim. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Gab, yes. Well, <laughs> God damn it. Don't, don't do this. No, no, I, I, no, no, I, I, I want to hear this. I, I really, I, I'm very intrigued because yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a very, uh, very important question. Is yeah. this where we need to reinforce? Is this the, the, the is this the weakest link in, in the inter squad at the moment? So, I, yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't say it's the weakest link. Um, I think Brozovic can do, you, you know, you can get another year out of Brozovic. You can get, you, you can set up the midfield in such a way that you have enough passers that you don't necessarily need a deep lying midfielder. Mm-hmm. Is Tonali a great player and a great player for Inter's future? And do I love the fact that, you know, all of a sudden he's discovered Tonali and he's not just going on about, you know, Vidal and Jekko and other mm. 40-year-olds? Yes, absolutely. However, I just look at this and say, you know, that is, that's a sizable amount of money. And my concern with Conte, Conte is obsessed with winning now. I can, I don't want a scenario where next year, it's October, Tonali's misplaced two passes, Conte benches him and says, ah, well, he's still, he's still young, he needs to mature, blah, 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 he's not at Brescia anymore. And you get all the, and, and then the media is like, oh, yeah, Tonali, you know, they have the, the fussy, they also, the stupid things. You know, we, we come out and say in Italy and, you know, he's still a kid and, you know, because mm. Italy is the magical country where you're, you're young until you're 30, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't, like, that would be my concern. You know, we have, at Inter, unless they sell somebody, um, there's one shot at getting, I think, a player in that sort of 30 to 40, million to 30 to 50 million let's say range um and i just wonder whether you want to take that shot on tonali or on somebody else i wonder what actually makes sense and and this is a situation where you know hopefully the club should listen to conte um you know listen to him because obviously he's a football man knowing that you know it's going to be very simple even if you listen to him if the guy ends up playing badly, then Conte is going to blame the club for signing him. And if he's good, obviously exactly. it's going to be it's going to be Conte who really wanted him, like he really wanted Lukaku, you know, and all that nonsense. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that's my concern. Well, what do you guys think about Tonali? I mean, it's a unique skill set, right? But is this Inter's biggest need, or are we just getting to excited? Me, to me, it's very simple. Uh, Brozovic clearly doesn't work in a three-four-one-two. That's the system they want to play with, so he has to go. It's that simple. Um, we saw it against Getafe. He doesn't know how to play with the Trequartista like Christian Eriksen with those skill sets in front of him. And Christian Eriksen is the player they want to keep. So 
you know, it's 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 for me it's a zero sum game. You get rid of the guy who doesn't work, and also in terms of plus Valencia, Brozovic, if if you sell him for 40, 30 million, that's a giant plus Valencia. So for yeah, me, I don't know who's going to give you forty million for Brozovic. Well, that, exactly, exactly. But that's another discussion. But you know what I mean? Like the way I look at it, it's it's Tonali. Tonali is is the future. We're talking Barella Tonali. You have the you have the mid Italian Italian national teams. This golden generation coming up. You've got the central midfield, starting midfield of that national team for the next 10 years we know what's going to happen with this man he wants he has this mental obsession with Edin Dzeko Emerson Palmieri and Arturo Vidal that he thinks he think I mean it's like he's stuck in 2015 and it's it's just incredibly frustrating to me because to me Tonali even though he might not win you a title this year he will win you in two three years down the line that's down the road and that's how Marotta thinks when that's good that he thinks like that I'm glad it's not you know, uh, Moratti age, because then we'd already be drowning in in the uh, Batistuta type transfers that you remember so well. You know, so you know, th- to me, that's that's a no brainer. But I, I wanted to talk to you about this. This is, is kind of antecedent to this and tangents on this and this notion of Skriniar. How I didn't want Conte to come because of these 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 everything we've discussed so far, but also the added the added bonus that I think Milan Skriniar is potentially the guy to lead Inter's defense five, ten years forward, and he can't play in a back three because he can't move laterally. He, he doesn't have those skill sets. Now it's quite obvi- obvious that he doesn't work in this back three. Um, and the, and in Inter fans, and this is a hot topic debate, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Do you keep a coach that's probably going to leave in a year, or do you keep the player who's probably going to give you five to ten years? Where are you on that, on the Skriniar debate? Well, I mean, I would go to Conte and be, and I would ask him, what do you think of Skriniar? And, like, it's not like it's written in stone that Inter have to play a back three. You know, Conte has played different formations in his career, right? If he's as smart as and as clever as, as people say he is, and we often think he is, then you know, <laughs> move him into the middle, right? I mean, I play back four if you think screen air is important. You know, th- th- there are way there are formations you can play. Um, now I appreciate that when you sign Ashraf Hakimi, you know, there's kind of no turning back at that point yeah. because Ashraf Hakimi in a four is really, really difficult to pull off, right? Um, especially in Italy. Uh, elsewhere, maybe it's a little different. But, you know, you got to work for the good of the club. And I think the good of the club also this summer also tells you that, you know, Milan Skriniar's stock is down. And, you know, if a year ago you could think of him, you know, in, in, in the 60, 70 million range, this season, maybe not so much. You know, he's not a player who's, uh, we know Manchester United were one of the few clubs that, that, that do have money. They could spend money on screen yet. But, you know, Manchester City, who I think are still looking for a center back, they would probably look at him and be like, well, great player, but is he that good on the ball? No, I'd like my guys to be able to to, to play with the ball at the back. I think that would, that, that would be a mark against them. And, and so then it becomes a question of do you keep screening around to beat the Fry's back up and wait for Conte to leave? I, I don't know. I mean, these are the big decisions. So ideally, these would be the decisions that that you have before Conte signs. Oh, um, so. You know, I personally, I'm not even sure that the that Inter. So why Inter need to be so wedded to a back three? Like I said, um, I'm also not entirely clear on why. I mean, the Fry is pretty mobile. 
Um, yeah. Why can't he play on the side of the three? Agreed. Agreed. I mean, that's that's what I've been. I've been wanting to see Skriniar in the middle and Defray to the right and Bastoni to the left all season. And instead of that, I've been I've been treated to Andrea Ranocchia playing in the middle when Defray is, is 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 injured or or out. I mean, it's just this 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 is something I don't understand. I agree well, with you. you. I I don't get it. To be fair about Anokia, he's, he either plays in the middle of the back three or he plays at center forward. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing else that guy's going to do, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> you don't want him wide of a three chasing down little wingers, believe me. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to see him on the pitch if it were up to me, Gab. You know that. Um, I think I think he's a lovely guy on the side of the pitch and he's important in the dressing room voice, but that's great. Um, but I don't want to see I, I just don't think that he's good enough at this level. And he's shown that time and time again. Um, and, and, you know, what are you going to do? But um, uh, I, I was going to say, uh, Will, did you have another question for Gab? No, I was, I was listening very intently okay. to, to everything that was going on there. I suppose just to, just to tie it back to what we were saying earlier, Gab, are you convinced that Conte stays? Mm. I'll put yeah, it as simple as that. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty likely because it's just going to cost so much money to sack him. And having already, you know, made the bonehead move with um uh with with our friend Spalletti. I'm like, <laughs> are you really gonna do this again? You know? <laughs> Conte stock, you know, let's not forget, like if if you're Conte, right, you wanna move up in your career. The reality is you're not going back to Juventus, right? The, 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 those those bridges have been burned. <laughs> and so they've been you new. know and you're yeah. You're obviously you're not going to go to Barcelona for obvious reasons. Zidane is fine where he is. In England, you've got a pretty crappy rep because of what happened at Chelsea. You know, I, these club owners and club executives talk to each other. And <laughs> he might have won the court case, but everybody saw what happened. I mean, you, you think the Glazers, after the Mourinho experience, won him at Manchester <laughs> United? Um, so, you know, his, his stock is in a situation where he needs to go and win some important stuff before he can think about getting in line at a job. And, and I know people are going to bring up PSG, but again, very evidently, if you're going to go PSG, rather than unleashing Conte on Neymar, you know, <laughs> I, let's remember Allegri's in the queue for, for PSG already. So the reality is nobody's going to come in um, and pay Inter to take Conte away. If Inter sack Conte, he's going to cost them upwards of $40 million over two years. Uh, so I think everything points to Conte staying, you know, unless at some point, you know, the ownership says, all right, screw this. He's, he's completely lost it. You know, we need to have him committed. But, you know, <laughs> even then, and even then I can tell you, I mean, look, I, I, I've met Stephen Jang a couple of times. Um, I, I can't claim to know him well, although we did go to the same university. Um, I hope he went many years after me. Um, but but <laughs> same as Donald he, Trump, if I'm not mistaken, right? Same as Donald Trump, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, now, there's a that would be a fun reunion. Um, <laughs> you, Stephen, but, and Donald talking but, old memories. <laughs> when he says the thing, right? Oh, I want to talk to the president, but he's in China, which again. By the way, we talked before about stupid Italian tropes that we keep falling for. This idea of the president needing to be there is one of the most idiotic ones out there, right? It's, it's not as if it's not as if Sheikh Mansour lives in uh, lives in Manchester or Khaldun al Mubarak or or or, 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 or FSG or whatever, right? But um, you know, he Stephen knows what he's doing. 
He's fe- first of all, Stephen Zhang spends most of the year in Milan anyway, right? He might be in China right now because, as far as I know, because because there's a global pandemic and you know, weirdly, yeah. China is a lot safer than Europe right now. Um, but he knows what's going on. He knows he's 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 feeding he's feeding that stupid narrative, or worse, maybe, or maybe he might even come to the conclusion that Conte is not even alluding to Stephen. He's alluding to you know to to, to, to Stephen's dad, um, which is even worse. That's People don't want to hear this. No owner wants to hear this, right? You're a grown-up. I have these highly paid executives around you. One of them is somebody who worked with you at Juventus when you did your best work. Just get on with the freaking job. You know what? I own a phone. You can you can you can call me. You can WhatsApp if you don't want to if you want to pay. Don't want Has to anyone heard of Zoom? <laughs> we can Zoom. Yes. You can even send some TikTok videos. You know, before it gets banned by we'll Donald Trump. We'll get sensitive on that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, since he can help you with those, you know. I mean, captain of FC TikTok. It, it, this whole thing, and I and I'm sorry, this is a more general Italian thing. This whole thing comes come from some sort of feudal idea of oh, the importance of the president being here. Oh, the president is so close to the squad. No serious manager wants to have a president looming over him while he's trying to coach his team. I mean, what what kind of mental weakness is that? I mean, I guarantee you, I know Andrea Agnelli lives at Vinovo, but I guarantee you, I don't think any of these managers enjoy having him, you know, staring at him during the, their sessions. All you want from your owner is to have the guy available, to have good people between him, and to have him back you. That's that's all you need, and that's all you want. And that's I think that's all Conte wants. You know, same thing here at Chelsea, when he was complaining that he couldn't get through to Roman Abramovich because he didn't like dealing uh. with... With Marina, uh, presumably because she's a woman, and 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 Michael Eminalo. Um, you know what? Funny, this wasn't a problem in the first season when he didn't speak to her. He spoke to Abramovich once because they were winning. Then they stopped winning, and all of a sudden it's a problem. Where's Abramovich? I need want to speak to Abramovich. Go away, Marina. Let me speak to Abramovich. <laughs> Abramovich is like, screw you. You know, I got I got I a got divorce to, to deal do. with. I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I man. got stuff to do, man. Exactly. <laughs> No, but seriously, I, I'm, I'm, the thing is, the, the one last thing before I let go, and, and this is something I've been thinking about, and, and the, the way I see this, the way I read the tea leaves, especially based on what he, how he's coaching Inter right now, the way he coached his Italy team in, the, in, in, a, in a cup situation, the way, you know, include, you know, based on what you also said on, on about Ericsson playing based on the opponent, I think that, that's what he's gone into. He's gone into cup mode, and. Based on that, and based on how what he said, and based on what he did say about Stephen Zhang, who's Chinese, he's young, and he's a these are things that he's already under a lot of question marks and pressure in Italy because of the virtue of his age and the fact that he's not Italian and he is in charge of Inter. That's already puts him in a kind of a pressured place, and he he just throws him under the bus like that. And you have Zhang Jindong in China watching Stephen's every step because he's supposed to take over the Suning thing at some point. You know, this is this is his job to prove himself there. I think that when you when you question the padrone this way that Conte does, there can only be one outcome. I think the outcome is that Inter will win the Europa League. It will be the ideal mic drop moment and it will be a mutual termination. And that's that's the way I read it. What do you think? It's possible. I mean look, I, I don't know that Conte is like a Fabio Capello in terms of being, you know, attached to money and stuff. Um, so I don't know that if he would walk away and, you know, say goodbye to, to, to 40 million, gross, obviously, over two years. I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But I also know that, you know, Conte's a year older. He's already spent time sitting out. He wants to manage. He wants to coach. He's not one of those guys who enjoys sitting on his hands. And I think if he does, even if it's a mutual termination thing, if he does look yeah, around. That's what I'm you know, thinking. But where's he going to go? You know? My money's, on the is PS- he- my money's on the PSG job still. Would, really would you really want... I mean, Neymar and Conte in the same room? I wouldn't pay I mean, money I, to see that. I would pay him a lot of money to see that. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just seems like you're putting a lot of eggs in in, in one basket, frankly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I, I don't know. I, like, anything's possible. Um, I think, you know, Zhang Jin, Jin Dong, and, and, and people keep forgetting this, but, you know, it's, it's the same thing people bring up with it with Elliot, right? Well, but you know, what did Elliot do this with Rang at Milan? Like, you know, Elliot are managing 25 billion in assets. Yeah. They kind of have more important things to do than, <laughs> than, than sit there and like, you know, fret over Bonaventura's contract, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I think it's the same thing here. Yeah. Obviously that was Steven's job when he was in Milan and, probably enjoyed enjoyed living in Milan and driving his Lamborghini and going to that place and, you know, and learning about managing people and, you know, but I, I mean, I think Zhang, I, I like to think that Zhang Jidong listens to this and says, you know, looks at this from a businessman's eye and says, all right, you know, how much would it cost me to fire him? What are the chances that Conte is going to be better that year? What's the chance? What are the chances that he's going to strengthen the brand? And any decision he makes is going to be based on that and, uh, you know, not based on, on emotional decisions. Mm, that's, I think so as well. Um, I think you're right. But I still don't I still just can't see how this marriage continues beyond even if they were to continue past the start of this. I can't see this going on past next season because simply because of the volatility of his personality. You, you know, who's uh, going to make the call there. I think I think ooh. it's going to be Marotta. I mean, if we're talking about being rational, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Auxilio obviously doesn't care because he's been <laughs> crucified by everybody for the last 10 years. And weirdly, <laughs> he seems to be in his job, you know, in, in perpetuity. But I think, I mean, what I would do and what I think the ownership's going to do is they're going to go to Marotta and say, hey, you know, how many screws have come loose in his head? You worked with him before. What should we do? Can you keep working with him? If Marotta says, screw this, you know, I don't want to I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Um then you might conclude that maybe Marotta is more, uh, more valuable to Inter than, than Conte, just Absolutely. because he's going to stick around longer. And then that, that is the thing that, that might push you. But I think, and I could be wrong on this, I think Marotta will play a huge role in, in deciding Agreed. how Agreed. much longer uh, Conte is around. I agree 100%, which is kind of funny since he kind of really threw Marotta under the bus and Marotta was as well alluded to. I saw that interview as well. He was pissed. Marotta was it was not grande happy. freddo, they called it. On the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a grande freddezza. It was the it was Siberia. I mean, it was. I've never seen Marotta that that like that. He was. No, pissed. he's never. He's he's normally very relaxed. He was yeah. very careful not to say anything that that he didn't want to say. Uh, I mean, he was very. He was not happy at all. Um, I don't know. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Gab. It's always a pleasure. Before we let you go, I gotta ask you this one last question: What do you make of this messy bullshit? <laughs> oh, about Jorge yeah. Messi and the yeah. You think he's gonna come to Inter? 
I bet Messi's dying to work with Antonio Conte. I mean, I bet, and, pl- I bet and play with Gagliardini and play with Gagliardini. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting, you know, what would Conte do with Messi? Like, seriously, would he would he just redraw the team? I don't know. Um, you say Neymar I, and Conte in one dressing room. I I, I I I see that and raise you with Messi and Gagliardini and Conte in one dressing room. Did you, did you hear Paolo Di Canio on Sunday? He said he he thinks if Conte had the choice, he wouldn't want Messi in his team. <laughs> Brave. Well, <laughs> it's funny. Isaiah Sumbin, obviously, is, you know, I've known Paolo for more than 20 Actually, years. There's more, some people who 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 really respect Conte's ability um, and like him as a person. Yeah. And there are some people who really have very little respect for his ability, think that he's a bit of a fraud, and really, really dislike him as a person. Um, I suspect Paolo's closer to that camp than... Uh, um, then, you know, I, I, I think he's big on, you know, like the whole drill sergeant Conte thing, you know, while, 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 while Paolo appreciates tough guys, um, as you probably know, uh, he, <laughs> you know, I think, I think he sees, he sees through that, you know, yeah. and he's not fooled by that. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, it would be an interesting one. Would you want Messi there? I, man, I, I, I mean, you look back to his ability to, to deal with people like that. Obviously, he worked with Eden Hazard and stuff. I, I, look, he's pragmatic. He's intelligent. But, you know, you cannot have somebody who who reacts that way. Um, you know, even Mourinho doesn't act that way anymore. Yeah. So, you know, and Mourinho, with all due respect to, to, to Conte, um, Mourinho's won two Champions Leagues, you know. Um, Cote's not, so no, you can't get away with it. No, agreed. Thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Marcotti. Have you got something? What else you got coming on uh, that you want to plug? Because you said something like, if you got a, like something you want to plug, then go right. No, ahead. well, yeah. I mean, we uh, obviously we right right for for um, uh, I'm on ESPN, and and you can read my columns there. I mean, most recent one is about Casillas. Um, but um, I'm excited because a podcast I do with Julian Lawrence, the Gab and Jewel show, um, that drops twice a week, Monday and Thursday. And if you happen to live in certain parts of the world, like the United Kingdom or I think anywhere in Africa or the Caribbean, um, we're now on TV as well, um, twice a week. Uh, it's the same crap. And I don't know how necessarily, like in the sense, they just kind of <laughs> flip on the cameras while we do our podcast. So, it's not all fancy bells and whistles, but some people prefer the the, the TV angle. So so yeah, please please check us out. You can also hit, hit me up on uh, on social media on Twitter. Uh, just my last name, Marcotti. Thank you so much, Gab. My pleasure. Ciao. Thanks. Gab. Ciao. Take care. Take care. Ciao. Thank right. you. Ciao. Right. Um, that was. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna let's uh, let's continue on the Getafe game and uh, and uh, talk about. Um, and and talk about uh, talk about the Kakatafa game exactly and 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 I want to hear I'm keen to hear what you guys thought about that because my I love the game first of all I I I I absolutely loved how Kataf played I thought they were very good and how they did defensively how how disciplined they were I liked the fact that Inter were, the, the way the Conte prepared this team uh, for this game. I like the way he, he the everything from ment, 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 mental preparation to tactical preparation to how this was executed. I think was spot on. 
Um, and and I, uh, I I really enjoyed watching. I, I thought Getafe played really well according to their means. Um, it's it, it was um, I don't know. I it just proved my. I mean, let's talk about that because I think it's quite evident that Eriksson and Brozovic can't play together. It's quite clear that if you play a three-four-one-two with Eriksson, you can't have Brozovic there. You need to have a, a Kanté or Ndombele or someone like that, or a, next to Barella or a Tonali or a Sensi who carries that team. Uh, in terms of physique and can clean up behind uh, behind Eriksson. I don't think Brozovic is that guy. Mo, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I, I, it's uh, it's become aptly clear, you know. Um, it, it all depends on 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 what what the future strategy of the club is. Uh, is is Eriksson the person that uh, Marotta or Conte or Conte and Marotta together see? Becoming the as we as we discussed last week, becoming the the person uh, around which the project is built, or is uh, is he going to be sacrificed for uh, Tonali? But uh, but yeah, no, I think I, I think it's amply clear. It's either Brozovic or or Eriksson. And uh, for me, my gut feeling would be we've 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 been missing at Tequartista for so long. Absolutely. Uh, you know this uh, since. Since Schneider left, yeah. we've really been missing that that role, and we have a, a very strong forward line, really smart guys, as we saw yesterday, uh, hold up the ball, do a, a whole bunch of bunch of different stuff. So, getting the best out of these guys means that you need to have somebody feeding them the ball closer to where they are, uh, you know, around the around the the center line. So, yeah, I I, I think. If it were up to me, I think we'd bet on we put our money on Ericsson and uh, and move on with that project in this in that direction, and then get someone more physical to be able to support him. And uh, maybe, like you say, I don't know. Like 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 I just asked Gab, I don't know where Tonali fits. Then that's that's the only problem. I don't know where Tonali fits. I yeah, uh, yeah um, we'll we'll get to that. Um, I want to hear what Alex uh, thinks uh, on, on this issue of the Brozovic Eriksson thing, and I want to get Will's thoughts on that as well before we we go into to that point, Mo. I, I certainly echo what both of you are saying. Um, it's evident they're not a fit together. And I think if you have to choose one or the other, if Milano is not big enough for the both of them, at least that side of Milano, uh, I think you have to choose <laughs> Ericsson. I mean, you know, I, I think any any reasonable sale uh, you make with Brozovic, you're, you're netting a big plus Valenza, even if, you know, Gab's saying yeah. there no one's going to pay $40 million for him, even $30 million, you're making a nice profit on Brozovic. And when it comes to comparing Brozovic to Ericsson, I just, you know, not only the importance of that Trequartista, but just... Erickson's ceiling, I think, is higher when it comes to world-class capabilities. And, and I think he's harder to replace at this point uh, than Brozovic would be characteristic-wise. And I hate to say it because Brozovic has done incredible service for this club for you know the better part of the last two and a half seasons or two seasons, You know, if you count it to being two Januaries ago when Spalletti finally figured out how to use him properly. You know, he's been uh, he's been one of Inter's most important players. But uh, I think if the choice comes down to Eriksson versus Brozovic, I think you make that Eriksson choice seven days out of seven. Agreed. Uh, Will, where are you on this? Yeah, I mean, not not least because Eriksson, you've just signed six months ago. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it would be most unfortunate to uh, to put it mildly to, to move him on. Um, but. 
yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I think we're all kind of agreeing in, in, in that. But I want to. I want to touch base a little bit on uh, on on the Tonali thing just briefly. I want to. I want to hear what. I mean, my my thoughts on that is, when you have three competitions, the next season next season is the Champions League and and, and the City and the Coppa Italia, and you're 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 kind of going for all of them. You want to win all of them, or at least one of them. Uh, maybe not the Champions League, but the but the former two, definitely the, the domestic ones. So you need to have players. You need to have bodies in that in that team. And given that Vecino is 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 going is on his way out, Gagliardini, I think actually make has a role to play in this team. I didn't never thought I want to drink bleach while I'm saying these words, and I can't <laughs> believe I'm actually saying these words. I can't believe you're saying it either. <laughs> but it, this this actually makes tactically sense to me. Grand, you know, based on the assumption that Conte stays and we play three four one two. I can understand. I can, there is a value to having Roberto Gagliardini in that squad because it, he gives you that the, in in a, in a much less to a much lesser extent. He gives you defensive solidity in in in, in together with Barella in, in a way when you have Eriksson roaming that you don't necessarily otherwise get. But with Tonali, I think to me it's so you need Tonali as well because Inter's problem Achilles heel for the past 10 years if you ask me is you know aside from all the banter nonsense with Lord Kuzmanovic and brother Jonathan, um, the issue is that you ha- you might have a good starting lineup but you don't have good players coming on. Inter need to have world class players in every position in order to be able to compete on all <clears throat> on all fronts and so I don't see an issue with Tonali there I think well it, if anything Tonali and Barella and and uh, Sensi give you give you the option of playing a 3-5-2 when it doesn't work I would also extend Borja Valero's contract I think he has shown without a doubt <clears throat> that he he his his his, his professionality and his attitude just shows that he's needed in this team and he leads by example and when you have younger players you need you need an elderly father-like figure like Borja to to lead the way and I, which I think he's done uh, the, these past months um so so for me that that's where I stand on Tonali uh wh- wh- where are you on that Mo because you seem sounded a bit skeptical yeah no look uh, I I agree completely I I agree 100% on on the need for a world-class squad depth for the squad to be able to compete if we really are as ambitious and and uh, as we believe to ourselves to be so I, I totally agree with that but what I'm what I'm concerned about is the point that Gab touched on earlier, is that is Tonali like Tonali for Tonali's sake? Like if you were able, if I were to tell you, I guarantee you, you're going to be able to get Tonali for maybe a bit more um, of a, of a price, you know, maybe 10 or 15 million euros more. But you still have the first right of refusal next season. Would you prefer that, or would you prefer bringing him in this this transfer window for Tonali's sake, for Inter's sake? You know what I mean? Is this the right time to have him and bench because he will be benched? Like of it's inevitable, he, he will be benched because of course. he will be playing. He'll be playing as a reserve, like you said, for a Sensi or a Barella or a whatever, because the starting lineup is the starting lineup. So, is this the right move? To be able to get the most out of Tonali, who clearly seems like he's a generational player or whatever player, whatever like label you want to put, stick on the guy, is this the right move for his career if he's an inter player in the future? I, and that's that, that's the only question mark I have, you know. Like that's that's it. But when you, if he's if he's okay and if his talent, if he's okay sitting on the bench and, and playing like 30 to 35 percent of the matches. And if he's okay, if his talent continues to develop at the correct rate, playing those 
games in the inter squad, then by all means do get him. But the worry is that he's benched and he stagnates and and then regresses and then it becomes another failed experiment and he goes off like a Pirlo to uh, Milan then and you know the rest is history. This well, is I mean, this is my my personal concern. Okay, Alex, Will, you want to go first? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in in the you know the issue of him being on the bench because I I, I just look even at this past season how many injury issues Inter had in the midfield. I mean, do I really believe that Stefano Sensi is going to get through the better part of his season healthy? I have no reason to believe that. I, I think. I think Tonali, even if he starts this coming season as a as a bench player, um, I think he's going to get to feature plenty over three yeah. competitions with a somewhat injury prone midfield. I'm 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 really not that worried about playing time for him. I, I think to me the more pressing issue for people who play devil's advocate on Tonali would be, you know, if if that's really the best investment to win now, if Conte may look to a more experienced player. Now, part of the luxury that I have as a supporter. You know, I, I don't think Conte has this luxury because he doesn't look ever beyond a year or two years down the road, you know, with the way that he jumps around team to team is, you know, as a supporter, I, I can think not only about the short term and about the long term. And while I do know that Inter is entering win now mode, I also do not want them to forfeit a generational player who I believe is going to be Italian elite for you know the next decade, decade and a half. I mean, if you have the opportunity to seal this deal and bring in a player who I do believe can help right away, but will be world class within the next, you know, uh, between the next 12 to 24 months, then I, I think you jump at that opportunity. I think he can find plenty of playing time in this current midfield, and you know he's he's certainly the type of player who would potentially be around long after Conte is gone and can help you win many many trophies if not right away certainly a couple of years down the road so to, to me personally there's no debate i would be very very disappointed if they don't bring him to inter yep i'm with you right there alex you know that um we we as we've spoken about privately as well no i, I think you said everything will that, that's what that what i think will where are you on this yeah, I think it's interesting. There's 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 probably going to be quite a few signings, and you can certainly name Tonali and Eriksson in those, where you have this juxtaposition between what Conte would want to win now and what Marotta and Inter would want for the for the long term benefit of the club. You know, looking forward maybe four or five years. And I think if you're looking through the second lens, there's no doubt that Tonali is is a generational talent. You know, like a you know like a Chiesa or like. Um, you know, like, uh, well, I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, it would be a real shame to see him go elsewhere. I mean, obviously, stop it. You know, you shouldn't just sign a player just so that Milan can't have him. You know, that, I don't think that's how uh, a sporting director or, or a club should necessarily run things. But uh, I think he's a, he's a player that's got so many facets to his game that I think he can, he would be able to play with, you know, with a lot of different, players beside him which makes me think that he is a great investment to make um you know because he's been sort of stereotyped as the this kind of new Pirlo because he played for Brescia because his hair is looks like he's come from the 70s but actually he's got a bit of grit and determination about him as well he's a good tackler um so he's not sort of a pure um playmaker in that sense he has a bit more niche uh, nuance to his game so no I, I especially given that you know Brozovic has been the linchpin of this midfield for two or three years he's not going to be that for much longer uh, Barella is not uh, is not really that kind of player, so I, I can't I can't say that it would be a mistake to bring him in. I just I just hope that if Conte stays and we bring him in, that 
that we don't get the paradigm that Gab was talking about, you know, him putting put on the bench and then, you know, oh, he's come from Brescia, we can't can't win the league with players from Brescia and then and then so on and so forth. But no, if we look if, if you're asking me should we sign Tonali, absolutely. Especially given that now that Brescia have been relegated, you know, I know Gab said it was a lot of money, but this is a this would be a favourable deal because mm. Brescia have gone down. So Chilino can't exactly haggle too much. <laughs> as much as you um, want to. Yeah, as much as you want to. And the, I mean, I, I, I love crazy Italian football presidents and Cellino and De Laurentiis are the last of the old school one. And the fact that no deals can be concluded with Brescia right now because Cellino's on holiday with his wife and he forgot his phone, cell phone in his is office. Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I had not heard that. Oh, my yeah, God. This is, this is absolutely true. I, I have... <laughs> I've been speaking to several pissed off agents this week. You know, I, I was actually we'll wondering why, why we'll there's have, been. I, yeah. I was wondering why there's been so he's much radio silence when it he's came to Tonali. I had no clue that was why. Yeah, he's on has turned his phone off. Yeah, no, no, he forgot. He forgot his phone. I mean, I've spoken to so many pissed off agents and club directors this week that are like, "What is this guy doing?" Um, he went on holiday with his wife, and he forgot his phone in in, in his office, and they had to FedEx. Um, they, they, <laughs> there was talk of FedExing his phone to wherever he is and uh, they didn't want that because he was on holiday and then they were going to give his wife's number and she didn't want that so they're, they're on holiday and once they come back they, they'll continue working again you see this I love the guy he's clearly insane I mean his, 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 the, the rants he had the fight the beef he had during lockdown with Lotito was simply phenomenal. I mean, the, you know, the, the the stuff he said about the braying of an ass doesn't reach the high heavens, doesn't enter the kingdom of the of God in heaven, is 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 just a brilliant poetical quote to, that he said about Lotito, that you know, equating him to a donkey. Um, so I mean, stuff like that that he just says is just simply phenomenal, right? Um, no, so um, I thought next week we we're going to have the Skriniar debate. Uh, I don't want to have that today because uh, like, we got to have something to look forward to next week because we don't know if we're going to go through because we do play by Leverkusen on Monday night um, and. It's um, it's I I mean that Bayer are they're, they're a good team. They play as Gab said completely differently. It's Peter Bosch. It's is different, but um, it's a completely different uh, setup. And I th- and I think that there's going to be much more space to attack. And I think it's one of those games where Inter have the, the team that's most clinical will go through. But I still think Inter will go through. Um, uh, having said that, we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, Monday is four days away, and in inter years, that's like 20 years. So a lot of stuff can happen between then and now. So, but as things stand today on the 6th of August, Thursday, I, I honestly think I'm with Mo on this. I think Inter are going to win the Europa League. I honestly, honestly think that the the way thing the cards have fallen, the way that he's got this group united behind him, they will die for him, um, and they will die for him. They will win, bring him that trophy, and at that point, I think he's going to leave. So, um, what's your prediction? I mean, Mo, you already said you, th- you think they're going to win uh, the Europa League, uh, just like, and I'm and I'm on that train. So, what do you think the prediction? What's what scoreline are you expecting? Yeah, I think it's going to be an open game. I, I think our team sheet run is is going to come to an end, but I think maybe it's a good uh, a good three one that uh, where the scoreline uh, you know is is uh, is a bit unfair on on the loser. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a high scoring game with an with no inter clean sheet where Inter win uh, the quality of Lukaku and Sanchez and Lautaro and uh, whatever all comes uh, makes the difference at the end of the day. Will uh, toss of a coin, I think. Um, 
it's important. It's good that uh, I saw that uh, Bayer Leverkusen have lost Arangis from midfield, who's one of their most important midfielders, because he was he picked up a booking in that game against the Rangers today that was that will rule him out through suspension. So that's a little boost for for into midfield. But no, it's going to be it's going to be a very different game. It'll be a lot more open. Uh, it'll be less royal rumbly. Uh, to take a quote that you used in your player <laughs> ratings uh, for Match Nima. Um, but I have to say, I, we haven't spoken that much about the Kiesa game. I wasn't quite as in love with the performance as you were, Nima. Um, I didn't see a team that was ready to win the Europa League, if I'm perfectly honest. But maybe it was the kind of game that didn't allow us to show our best face. Uh, the Spanish sides have been off, but not off too long. So maybe physically they were they were in a better place. I certainly have, have formed that opinion after watching Sevilla dismantle Roma um, earlier today. So that might have been a factor as well. Um, but... Uh, it's important that Barella didn't get suspended, by the way, because uh, all the, the yellow cards have been removed now. So there's no problem with um, yellow cards and whatnot. So he was going to be good. But I mean, look, if you've got, uh, I'm going to make it very simple. If you've got in this sort of brief um, shootout type tournament, if you've got a, a goalkeeper like Handanovic, who thankfully against Itafe was in his less disastrous mode and made a couple of key saves. And you've got Lukaku, who scores a goal out of nothing with a, a brilliant piece of play uh, in the in the opposition box, you know, you can go far in this competition. It's only three games. And by Leverkusen, if, if, you know, if we're fragile, you, you know the story around, you know, they're, they're called Neverkusen for a reason. You know, they are just as <laughs> flaky and, and unpredictable as we are. So um, it's going to be a very fast game. Uh, well, faster than the Itafe one. And there'll probably be a lot of goals. I couldn't say which way it's going to go. Like I said, if we play against, like, if we if we struggle for the first 25 minutes to get out of our half like we did against Atafe, I'm not sure that we'll be we'll be forgiven as much as we were by, I don't know, Jaime Mata and Jorge Molina, who had, who had that terrible penalty. But um, yeah, I, it's it's a toss for coin. I hope we win. I'm not certain we're going to win the competition, but we are definitely better than by Leverkusen on paper. So I will Let's I will just... give us the edge. Let's just remember that if Inter win that game against Bayer Leverkusen, given that Roma are out now, um, Inter, uh, yeah, we're, we, you know, it's it's um, if Inter win that competition, if they win the, if they know, if they reach the semi-final, if they beat Bayer Leverkusen, they're going to be in the third pot. Uh, of the Champions League group stage, and I think we shouldn't yes. underestimate that. Yes, this is Fulvio's favourite topic. If you ever follow him on, yes, on Twitter. he's very good at keeping everyone updated. Yeah, Mr. Coefficient. Yep, Mr. <laughs> Coefficient. Right, um, Alex, what's your prediction? Uh, well, before I make my prediction, I, I just want to say about the Hetafe game that uh, one player specifically who performed so well, Bastoni. I mean, what a player. I mean, what what, what a season he had. Uh, what a ball he played to Lukaku for that first goal. He had a, a brilliant block shot in the match. I mean, you want to talk about young players having an impact. A 21-year-old Bastoni has just been sensational and sensational mm-hmm. in a back three. So I, I, I certainly can't... Uh, can't throw enough superlatives his way with the way that he played on uh, all season long, let alone in, in that Europa League match against Hetafe. Um, you know, I now appreciated how he's inter- in Europe. What's that? This is debut in Europe. He's never played in Europe before yeah, last night. That's that was right. I, I yeah. forgot about that. And that was his first assist as well in his career. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he's he's impressive. There's no doubt about that. The guy yeah, so really he was impressive. sensational. Uh, even though I I wasn't completely in love with the team performance, I, I did appreciate the fact that Inter was able to weather the storm and and grow into the game despite all the pressure they faced early. But yeah, I mean, moving on to the the Leverkusen game, I I, I agree with uh, with Mo and Will. Uh, I think the clean sheet streak is going to come to an end. Unfortunately, I think there's just too much talent on on the Leverkusen side, and the game is going to be too open. Uh, I am going to predict. 
uh, predict Inter. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a hard-fought two-to-one victory and advancing to the semifinal. Uh, as Nima, as you outlined for the coefficient, as I follow Fulvio as well, it's going to be massive to at least move on. I, I'm still not completely convinced Inter wins the entire competition because I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting Pazza to set in at some point, but I, I do think they make it at least one more round. Mm. Right. Um, that's uh, that, that. We'll see. We'll have to see. Either way, we'll be back to discuss that. But um, before we go, we're going to go to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something in the world of football heavily, starting with the positivity by Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I need to do like a tally of uh, how many times each person that's uh, nominated as the Moratti of the Week uh, gets it so that we have a Moratti uh, league table. But I, I can't think anyone's won the award as frequently as uh, Beppe Marotta has. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> because, because he's the only thing. He's so needed look, throughout all of this. Yeah, look, sorry. And his name look, is the closest you know, to Moratti in terms yes, of exactly. that, that too. We may tell you name it. I'm a huge Conte fan, uh, far more so than Nima is. And I, I think, think the man is, is, uh, has worked uh, absolute miracles in, uh, in, in, in the squad. And this, I mean, the numbers don't lie, the numbers speak, speak for themselves. But having said with, that, I agree with that, we, by the way. I yeah, and I, I really, I, I, I mean, I, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Conte train. Two years, three years, however many years, like as as long as as long as the enthusiasm is still there and as long as you know we see him, you know, writhing in the stands because of missed chances, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I'm in. I'm in. But uh, of course no yin comes without a yang. So uh to Conte's uh, fiery yin, there needs to be a yang, and that yang comes in uh comes in Beppe Morota in the form of Beppe Morota, who's able to really manage this uh, volatile, absolutely uh, you know explosive personality uh, uh complete uh, whatever like insert uh, insert a manic adjective in blank you know um which which he is because clearly he's a very talented manager as well so so i think the way uh the way the events post atalanta game have been handled has has spoken you know volumes on how well this club is run you know um and i think it's only because as 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 Gab has uh, had earlier earlier alluded to, it's only because you have a, a someone like uh, Marotta uh, being that interface between the owners and and Conte being the 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 fulcrum on which everything turns. And if it is a if it is like like you predict, uh, Nima, uh, a divorce of mutual consent. Again, I say this. I am I'm, I'm all on board because this will have been a decision taken by Marotta, and clearly mm. this man knows exactly what he's doing. Absolutely. So whatever, yeah, whatever the decisions that the, the the club management may take at the end of the season, I'm I'm happy knowing that Marotta is involved because this man is is bringing a lot of sanity, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, nuance, a lot of uh, thought, thoughtfulness, and ambition to the club. So he's my Marotti. Marotta is my Moratti of the week. <laughs> nice one. Uh, let's move on to something uh, much more comical. This week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. William Beckman. Yes, uh, I've actually had to go back a week uh, for this week's frog because there was nothing that was really wetting my appetite since our last pod. But this is a story <laughs> that I saw 
a, a week or so ago. So it's not it's not completely out of uh, it's not completely out of time with uh, when we're recording this pod. This is not football related at all. Actually, this is just something I saw on social media the other day. This is um, one of the most remarkable stories that I've seen in the last few months. Um, it's from Australia. So that I, if we have to nominate a frog, it's going to be a 29 year old woman, uh, a mother of three from Cairns in the north of Australia called Jessica. Uh, don't know her surname. Please get in touch if you're listening and tell me um, because she has been uh, she's just had to break up with her, her boyfriend of three years after apparently she logged on to his Facebook and found that he was talking to other women and so on. But that's not the Ooh. point. That, that's just that's just why they broke up. Um, it's, it's what happened afterwards that is so remarkable and was reported on Australian television last week. Apparently, her ex decided to get back at her, uh, first of all, by um, dumping a car in her driveway and removing the wheels so she couldn't move it. Um, but in case that wasn't enough, he decided Jesus. to get back at her by plastering her mobile number on posters around the cans and challenging people to phone up and do their best impression of. Can you guess who it is? no idea Chewbacca <laughs> so there's a there's a poster that is called Chewbacca Raw Contest with a picture of Chewbacca and it says call this number leave a voicemail with your best impersonation uh, and the winner is announced um, at midday on the 13th of August so this is still very much a live competition I shouldn't be laughing at this best impersonation receives best impersonation receives $100 so I mean you can probably find a better way to earn $100 but it's pretty pretty easy um, and apparently she said the phone calls were waking her children up because some people were phoning at 1am to pretend to be Chewbacca on her phone and leaving voicemail so she's she's on they, they've, they've tracked her down and she's on this short video she's she's got all these voicemails and she's playing lots of Chewbacca noises from her voicemail I mean really really nice and, and creative um she finishes off by saying I thought when we first met he was mature but it just goes to show that having a job doesn't mean you're mature no. so if wow. you're if, if you're at a loose end this week call this number and pretend to be Chewbacca that and, sounds like uh, something Conte would do after a nasty breakup. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't put it past that, um, at all, um, to be honest. Oh, no. um, so no, there you go. Um, that is, that is, that's, uh, I mean, Chewbacca, that, that's creative. Um, you got to give him A for effort, A for creativity there. Right. Um, uh, let's move on to the, something much more negative. This week's uh, Moji, which we presented by Mr. Alex Donald. Now, there were multiple villains, I think, that come out from the aftermath of Conte's meltdown last week. But for this one, for this Moji, I'm going to put the spotlight on La Repubblica, the Italian publication <laughs> that immediately yeah. comes out and uses this opportunity to report that Conte has been in touch with Juventus, directors, players, trying to see if Sarri is going to get sacked and if there's an opening to come back. And listen, I, I'm going to have to take Conte at his word that this is quote-unquote fake news uh, because I, I can see it from certain sectors of the Italian media. And I just think, you know, the general public has enough trouble trusting the press as it is right now. We don't need to be adding nonsense like this to the mix. So I actually appreciate the way that Conte addressed it uh, the following day, saying, regarding the article published today in on Repubblica.it, I 
categorically deny the fact that I spoke with Juventus directors and players asking, quote, are you going to sack Sadi? And he continues, I will sue those who wrote this article and the editor in charge of the magazine, he said. And and if I, I take him at his word that this is a, a false report, I truly believe they need to be held accountable. And, you know, for those of us who, you know, try and get correct proper football news when something like this is happening we don't need rubbish and nonsense out there like that for sure amen good nice one right uh, that's all we had time for this week i'd like to thank mr gab marcotti at marcotti on twitter uh, and mr mohammed nasa mystic mo mr positivity thank you so much for talking us all off the ledge last week or last week it feels like last week but it was only three four days ago yeah it does feel like last week maybe last year <laughs> In, inter years i'm telling you it's it's a thing yeah <laughs> right um mr M- mr alex dono a pleasure as always oh it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me and mr william beckman um well i hope you're i hope i hope the coin toss goes well that we're on monday night then yeah here's hoping for um i don't know heads which one would we be I, I think we're I think we're heads because we're let's say we're heads because we're the home. Team. Well, let's let's hope we're not chasing our tails. Hey, ah, nice one. Um, yes. Just re- just remember, <laughs> lads, let's do it for the coefficient. <laughs> yes, let's do it for for the coefficient to make Fulvio happy. Um, uh, right, that's all we have time for this week. I'm your host Dima Tavalli wishing you a good weekend and a semi-final place in the Europa League and subsequently the third pot in the Champions League draw. A group stage draw. And, uh, and, but and, as always, until next week, uh, sempre e solo Forza Inter. Forza Inter!